from an early age, if your children can trust you and communicate, come home and say, hey, mom, I'm feeling X, Y, Z. You can sit down and listen and talk it out and steer them in a good direction. That open communication is crucial. Bullying is, is such an intense topic and so different for every parent and different for every child. We are here with Michelle Mayberg from chattomichelle.com. And Michelle is the founder of Youth Empowered. She's a qualified hypnotherapist. She has a journalism degree, but her focus is on being a bullying recovering coach. So we're going to find out about what to know, what to navigate, key advice for parents whose child is being bullied and so much more. If you're a parent whose kid is being bullied, this is the most important conversation you'll, you'll ever see, maybe even this month or this year. Michelle, glad to be speaking with you. Yeah, good to speak with you, Robert. Thanks for thanks for having me. And thanks for being here. Bullying, what's your focus? What's your message? What's unique about you? What do you say that others maybe miss the mark on? Okay, so I guess I'll start off a little bit with my personal story and where it came from. So as a, a parent, I experienced bullying firsthand with my daughter when she was nine years old. And it was something that we were totally unprepared for. You send your kid off to school as a happy little girl and you think everything's going to go okay and they're going to get through school maybe with one or two little hiccups and a few kids being mean, which is just as we all say, kids being kids. Yeah, we were totally unprepared, I think, for what came our, our way. So from that whole bullying experience, and we'll talk about it a bit more, I went, oh, as a parent, we don't have the skills or the tools or the techniques to deal with anything along those lines. And spe specifically, if you're really busy and you're both working parents, you often miss the signs, which is what we did. And when we woke up and went, oh, hang on a minute, this is a little bit more serious than some little kid just being mean or nasty, the damage had already been done. So I think what I wanted to develop was a program for parents with kids, particularly in primary school, because that's obviously where I had my experience, to basically help them navigate the bullying nightmare and to help their child rediscover their self-worth, because obviously that's the major thing that gets damaged is their confidence, their self-worth, et cetera. So from my personal experience and from my history, I've got a background in psychology, although I never practiced in it. Worked a lot with kids in terms of yoga and breath work, and I navigated and facilitated a sensory development class. So from that kind of whole culmination and experience of things, that's where I thought, let me put a program together that can actually help parents. So an A to Z on bullying, the tools and techniques to navigate your way through the minefield without having to go down the route of psych psychologists and expensive counseling. So it just gives you a tool book at home to help your child, basically, yeah, in a nutshell. Wonderful. And it seems like this is the sort of thing that is really needed, especially where you said that there's a difference between a kid just being mean and actively bullying. And I think when, when you say that, I'm start, I think, okay, what does bullying look like? Because you figure that maybe a, a kid goes for the name calling or multiple kids team up against one or there's continued harassment. But what's the difference between just kids being kids and maybe being mean sporadically versus what bullying looks like? Yeah, so basically, I think bullying stems from anything that's a repetitive, continuous behavior. So can the signs really are really important to catch it early on. I, th I don't know what the stats are like in the States, but I think here in Australia, one in five kids are bullied. So if you take a class of 25 kids and you've got five kids that are really experiencing some form of, of bullying. So 
where it stems from, I think, is anything that's repetitive. So yes, there's name calling. If it's sporadic, mm, yeah, child being me. But if it's continuous and as a parent, that's where it's really important to start listening to your child as to what they say when they come home from school. Because we missed it. She'd go, oh, this particular girl said this today. And then the next day it was something else. And so it went on. So it's any form of repetitive behavior from name calling to anything physical. So if your child is coming home with one day of bruise, uh, maybe two or three day days late, so their clothing's being ripped or they haven't eaten their lunch or something's missing out of their school bag or they start mentioning a kid's name every day. This person said this or they did that to me or they blocked me going to the toilet or they pushed me in the playground. So it's really, it's just a repetitive kind of cycle. We all know kids will say things and as I said, kids being mean, but you've got to, you've got to actually just listen to your child, I think, and find out what those early signs are. It's just a continuous kind of little mention of something going on every day. And then I think the other thing to look out for, which happened with my daughter, was she was a happy, confident little kid who loved going to school, loved being with her friends. And suddenly she was like dragging her feet in the morning. We all know kids don't want to get out of bed, right, and go to school. But this was like subtle nuance, like just a subtle change where she didn't want to get to school. She was dragging her feet. She was like, I don't want to go to school today. And then her appetite started changing. She didn't really want to eat. She wasn't hungry in the morning. When she came back from school, she was just unhappy and constantly mentioning a particular girl's name. And then we went to the kind of extreme effect when we lifted the lid of Pandora's box and went, oh, hang on a minute. We need to talk to your teachers or talk to the school. Something's going on. Her behavior then totally flipped. Then we had a child who went from being happy and confident to really miserable and sad, crying a lot, not wanting to go to sleep. Sometimes I was up with her till two, three in the morning. And the big one is then not wanting to go to school, change in appetites, and just a change in demeanor as a parent that changes if your child goes from being happy and confident to suddenly dragging her feet and, and looking miserable. Yeah, I think really important is to listen to your child, to not just go, oh, it's just kids being kids or kids being mean, or that's what kids do, or girls at that age tend to be a little bit snippy. It's listening and watching and looking and talking to your child that's really important, especially if you're a busy parent. We also often go about our day and we miss all those little signs. Notice the little signs so that way it doesn't turn into this because it doesn't sound like a good place to be, right? Where your child dreads school and stays up super late at night. And so how can we think about bullying? Because like you, you, we've heard these sorts of things, like they say, like the bully is insecure or they might pick on your kid because they're the weak one or they might do the 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 shoving because they want to be significant or they just want attention. And what what do you think about all these kind of stereotypes, the, the cliches? Like how should we reframe our thinking about bullying? Yeah, look, obviously if we give a label or a title to anything, it, it stereotypes and puts a child into a box. So bullying was just a name that was given for any kind of form of repetitive negative behavior that happens on a consistent basis and where it's encroaching in your child's personal space doing anything to their demeanors. Robert, if you go back to the, the old premise in saying that no child is born mean, right? Any kind of negative bullying behavior is a learned response. So you've got to, not to condone what they're doing, but I think it helps and also to teach your child to understand why is the person doing what they're doing and where they're coming from. 
So I think if we can get them to understand that a child's not born, born mean and they're, they're bullying for a reason. So yes, as you said, I don't think it's a stereotype, but they're probably looking for some form of attention, right? So either it's a learned behavior because they're seeing a dad bullying mom or a cousin's bullying them or someone's being mean or they're watching and learning the behavior. Obviously, TV, internet, all of that kind of stuff impacts all of that. Another thing is they might not be getting love and attention at home, so they're trying to get that at school. A bully is, while well, might just want to feel significant because they're not getting that experience anywhere else in their life. So they're trying to just dominate and get some attention at school. Another one might be they might be lonely or they're wanting friendships and they haven't been taught by their parents those social skills on how to gain friends. So the only way they know is to push people out the way so that they can try and find that one particular friend. That's what happened to my daughter. She had a little best friend who was a really popular kid at school, the typical beautiful blonde hair, blue eyes, friendly, everybody loved her. And this particular girl found it really difficult to make friends and she decided she wanted to be friends with my daughter's friend and that's where the drama started. So she just honed in and pushed my daughter out the way and got nasty because she was after a particular friendship. So she was probably not taught or didn't witness those social skills growing up as to how to be friends so that you can have more than one friend, you can be in a group of friends. So there's so many varying factors to look out for, but I think the most important thing is to understand where a, bullying is, a bully is coming from. And as I said, not to condone the behavior, but to give your child a little bit of an understanding. I think if we can see a story or a picture from both sides, it just helps navigate that process, right? Yeah, I agree that if, there, there's two two approaches. There's the approach of just looking at what's on the surface and just saying, this kid's mean and there's like the, these attacks happening every day. But you're saying there's a whole story and the, the, the bully doesn't understand how to form these relationships and has maybe the wrong way of thinking or has learned this other sort of behavior. And when you have that kind of complete story, there's more of the empathy and compassion for just what's happening. And so you mentioned a little bit about there's the minefield to navigate, right? There's lots of ways to go wrong with this and many things we need to be careful about. And you mentioned how there are like these sort of tools that you tell up the parents and the kids about. So if the bullying is happening, if we're watching our kids and we're, we're seeing the signs, then what are the, the next steps? You mentioned a little bit about explaining your kid and talking to the, the school administrator. But if the bullying is happening, then what's the course of action to take? Yeah, look, yeah, obviously there's so many paths of different avenues, but I think the most important thing as a parent is to get your emotions under control first, right? Because if you're going in as a protective daddy bear or mommy lioness and you're throwing your toys around and that person's being mean, it puts your child on an uneven footing, right? Because if you're angry and upset, it might have the reverse effect on them. So it might go, oh, they'll go, oh, this is too much to handle. Look at what this is doing to mom and dad. And it might make them shut down even more. Guns blazing. I did a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong. I, <laughs> I even at the school, which most parents would want to do, approached this particular little girl the one day when I went in to tell the teacher that she was, Samantha wasn't coming to school because she, of what was going on. I walked into the classroom, the teacher wasn't there, this particular girl was laughing with all the friends. And I went up to them and I said to them, please let the teacher know that my daughter's not going to school today. And they were like, oh, shame, why is she sick? And I said, no. And I pointed at this 
bullying us. It is because of you <laughs> that my daughter's not coming to school because you being mean and nasty to her and you go and tell your mom and dad and let them know that I'm speaking to the school. So <laughs> wrong approach to take, right? Because I went in like a lioness, caused a lot of drama. The school was upset with me. She was upset. A lot of the other kids were like calling me the bully. So I think as a parent, the first thing is to get those emotions under control. So there are various ways to do that. One is to go and talk it out with a friend, talk to your partner. There's even the simple technique of journaling. It's shown in, in psychology when you are in that stressed flight or freeze brain or really angry, a natural way to take your brain out of that mode and calm your emotions is to actually start writing. So if you as a parent want to get all the emotions out, you can journal. As we know, there's also various, you know, breath techniques, or if you find that going for a walk on the beach or in the forest just helps you calm down. So I think as a parent, as I said, it's important to calm your emotions first before you manage what's going on with your child. Then the next step I would say is to then talk to your child and try and get them to name an emotion as to what they're feeling. So we want to get them to go, whether they're angry or frustrated or sad. As a parent, we need to be really careful not to put words in their mouth. So if they're not communicating, you could get them to write it out as well. You could get them to draw pictures depending on the age of the child. So we want to try and get them to name an emotion as to what they're feeling. So let's say it's anger and we get them to write down all those negative emotions. So you want them to get to brain down all that they're feeling. I think Robert, because as, as an adult, when you have one negative thought, what follows next? Another More negative thought. Yes. Yeah. And then we spiral, spiral, spiral. Same with children. So particularly around bullying, their little heads will go round and round with all these negative thoughts and then this whole big Ben Hur production. So if we can get them to what I call thought catch a negative thought. So maybe they go, I'm really angry. Then you want to go, all right. So we're going to catch thought, you know, write it down. Then as a pair, we can steer them to go, right, now what's the opposite to anger? And get them to think about it and try and come up with the word themselves. So maybe they go, oh, it's happiness. Then you say to them, okay, what are the things that make you happy? And they'll go, oh, it's playing with the dog, eating ice cream, going for a walk. And then you go, all right, let's go and do one of those things. Let's go and walk the dog. So what we're trying to do as a parent is you want to get them out of that negative space of thinking and get them to brain dump all those negative words. And then let's focus their attention on the positive side of things. Let's get them to think about things that make them happy. So we're starting to help them train their brain that when something really bad and negative happens, okay, I can feel that feeling. I can name the feeling. It's real. But then let's see what the opposite is and how I can make myself happy. So those are really the basic first steps. And then obviously, as you mentioned, we then start talking to our child. We start giving them tools and techniques. There's so many, Robert, from positive affirmations to journaling to breath work to even basic yoga poses for kids. There's a technique called bilateral stimulation, which is another natural way of taking your brain out of that fight and freeze mode. So all you do is it's across things. Remember as kids, you would tap opposite hand to opposite knee or you tap opposite shoulder and you just tap like that. So what you're doing when you're crossing your arms or doing a cross reference and you're tapping, your brain then naturally has to take itself out of that freeze mode and has to start thinking what's going on because you're doing an opposite action. You're basically crisscrossing the brain 
for want of a simpler term. And it then naturally will take your child out of that kind of stress brain. So there's so many options like that that one can help with. And obviously talking to the school, getting them involved and so forth is, is important. Wonderful. And if only these sorts of tools and techniques existed when you and I were kids, right? Because we think back to when it was just, it was so easy to get stuck in these repeat thoughts, just the, these bad patterns where you, know, you mentioned the fight, flight, freeze, where that it was useful in caveman times and hunter gatherer times. But now that we live in a society, in a civilization, does that really service the way that it used to millions of years ago? Probably not. And so you're making me realize that when we get when we get bullied or we get in anger or fear or frustration, we kind of gravitate towards this like kind of same mode, the same behavior, maybe the same even like repeat thoughts and phrases. And you're making me think that like when I was a kid going through this and I would ask my parents for advice, they'd say, oh, just don't think about it. Just put it out of your head. And you're saying that a much. And the, and the problem is when you put it out of your head, you think now I'm trying not to think about this thing that's in the, the center of my head. Right. Like, don't try to think yeah. about a pink elephant. Don't try to think about a purple elephant. And, and you're saying no 20 pink elephants. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then it just it gets worse. And you're just you're trying to keep this thing at bay. And it just seems like a a real struggle. And you're saying that a, a far better solution is to examine those thoughts and to journal because when it's stuck in your head, you're in this repeat loop mode. But when you journal, then you would it would be silly if you were just writing the same sentence over and over. So when you journal, you unpack and explore those things. And then you can identify the emotions and like the sub emotions and then look at the opposite. So then that way you have a natural progression to break yourself out of the cycle when you end up in anger you say okay then i will transition myself over to joy and figure out better thoughts better affirmations better activities the yoga exercises and the, the crisscross and just these things just to break out of the vicious cycle which doesn't really help anyone and would it be safe to say that these sorts of skills will then help them later in life because we don't really escape bullies in one form or another, right? But we grow up and we're kids. We think that, well, I can't wait to grow up because I'll be free of bullies. We grow up and the bullies are still out there, aren't they? Oh, no, for sure. I just recently, uh, last year when I was working for a, a big company, the manager in that particular division was a bully and he'd caused lots of drama for lots of the girls and stuff beforehand. And he came across myself and a colleague and we obviously quite feisty ladies. Yes, yeah, so we had to, we had to stand up to him and take him to HR and so forth. So we're going to have it throughout our life, bullies. It doesn't stop. I think what's important is to give our kids the tools to be able to stand up for themselves and to feel that confidence, to have an understanding that, okay, this person's doing X, Y, Z for a particular reason. As I said, not to condone it, but to understand it. And then to go, I'm not standing up for that. And yes, part of the program or whatever, can we teach kids to say, no, stop. And often with a bully that just antagonizes them even more. The best response is, is to just try and ignore them or blank face and walk away if you can. If it gets physical and whatever, then obviously you need to protect yourself. But they're very, yeah. So I think if one, if only you and I, as you said, that kids had learned to capture those negative thoughts write them down or whatever and turn them around and look at the opposite feeling and the opposite thought and focus on life on those positive things, just how much better 
our day, our life would be going forward, right? I agree and completely. It's just well, such a simple tool and technique to use, yet we're not taught it. We should be taught that at school, I think, and from parents and so But now in a, in a way we are taught it thanks to you and the parents learning from you and the parents passing that on. So you're saying find a way to make the bully irrelevant and to not reward the bully for that behavior. And then also that it's not maybe not 100%, but maybe 80% of our problems can be solved from within. It's not a complete solution. But if we ourselves are unsatisfied, unhappy, or angry, or letting others affect us, then the solution or most of the solution is to get our own insides in order and to use some of these techniques. And this is wonderful to think about, an important subject to discuss. And in our final minutes here, do you think there's anything that's really important in our conversation that we, we want to work in here? Do you have any thoughts about after speaking with the school administrator, if it's not working, what to do? Or is there something that should be done like long-term or just what's some really crucial information that we have not yet discussed about bullying? Yeah, I think it's, it's obviously just keep a close watch on your child and look out for those early signs. If you can capture it early, that's half the problem result. If you get the school involved and they're not doing anything, then they're bigger choices. It's more important to look at your child and kind of go, we made the decision to move schools. And for us, it was the best outcome just because we lived in a small town and it, it just got too intense living in that area. So we actually did move schools. We did put them through counseling, which is an option, but I found that helped. But then I still didn't have the tools and techniques to handle things in between when things would go wrong. And obviously a counselor doesn't share everything with you. So I think it's, it's really important to teach our children to communicate with themselves, to communicate with you as a parent and to have that trust in you. And they need to know that you've got their back. So no matter what they say, you're not going to flip out and freak out and create a big drama. It's that communication. So I think from an early age, if your children can trust you and, and communicate and come home and say, hey, mom, I'm feeling X, Y, Z, and you can sit down and listen and talk it out and steer them in, in a good direction, that open communication is crucial. And I think going forward, yeah, bullying is, is such an intense topic and so different for every parent and different for every child. There are so many different tools and techniques out there. That's why I put the program together, which is like an A to Z. So what's going to work for you in terms of journaling might not work for another child. They might not like writing at all. Some kid might respond to a really good kind of calming breath work, whereas another child, because they're too tense, might not even go there. So they might need to try the bilateral stimulation or do a bit of gratitude thinking and so forth. Yeah, I think it's going forward is navigating and just keeping a close watch and just trying different tools and different techniques and different things to help your child. The most important is to catch it early if you can. And if not, it's just to help them rebuild their self-worth going forward because that can have long-term damages, right? Yes. So you're saying communication and trust and then to find the right tool that's right for them. And that's very logical. It, it makes perfect sense where, for example, if you were looking to lose weight, you might try out different methods until you found something that worked for you, right? You might try swimming or running or gym or sport. And then it's if one if the first one doesn't work, don't just give up, but try something else. And so similarly with this whole emotional intelligence and 
the rebuilding the confidence, dealing with the bullying, I can see how it's a, a same thing, how you say, does breath work better or the, the counseling or the journaling and just try the different tools in the toolbox until you find something that works. And then another lesson I'm getting from what the, some of these stories that you've been saying is that it's very easy to not think and to make things worse, right? Like, especially this example you're saying of freaking out and letting the anger win and being the parent going to the the school and maybe even embarrassing your kid in the process and maybe even encouraging the bully and then making the people running the school think that you're crazy. It's very easy to sabotage and destroy the situation. And the solution is to be calm and to uh, have that support system to speak with your problem with others and then just think things through and be a little more careful and strategic about the action that you take instead of just flipping out because we're looking to resist that fight or flight temptation. And so this is a wonderful conversation we've been having, great topic. And so if someone wants to know more about this program that you're mentioning, then tell us about it. What's in it and how is it so special and how do we uh, go and find out more about it? Yeah, thanks, Robert. After my bullying process as a parent, uh, there's so much information on the internet. So I thought if you can't afford counseling and it's not working, what do we do as parents? Especially if you're busy, you don't have time to go and research the internet. So I spent the last sort of three to four years just researching and putting together what I call the bullying recovery empower method. So I took the word empower and I went, when a child is bullied, their, their confidence and their self-worth is lowered. So what is the opposite we want them to feel? We want them to be em empowered. So I took the word empower and under each letter, I've created a module. It's an A, as I said, it's an A to Z on bullying. So it covers everything from what is a definition to what are those early signs? What are the types of bullying to then all the different tools and techniques that I've tried, that I've researched. Some of it comes from, example, the counselor that gave my daughter some of the stuff. And I put it together in a module format for parents to follow. So everything and anything that you can think of in terms of bullying or what you can research on the internet is in there. So that's why I've chosen various tools and I explain all of it. So you'll get a, an explanation on each thing. We go even into things like gratitude. What's gratitude got to do with bullying? It's teaching our child to be grateful for those good, positive things in their life. And we go into the whole concept of forgiveness. There's even the concept of role playing. I know a lot of parents would have heard of tapping as the techniques, the frequency tapping on the different meridians, and then you repeat a positive mantra. So all of that is, is in there. And that can be accessed for parents on Zoom. So I can run it as a one-on-one -on -one personal coaching session if parents prefer that. So we would go through, say, a module a week, and then it would give them a week to try out some of those um, little techniques and to then come back and go, that worked, that didn't work. Then we move on to module two and so forth. So we work through it as a systematic approach. If parents want to work through it on their own and just go through the modules on their own accord, that's also doable. So very flexible in that. And then the last module, we go through the whole concept of rebuilding their self-worth and self-esteem. And what is self-worth and what is self-esteem and how do we do that? And where do we take it? And how do we teach our children to be strong and prevent future bullying? So it covers everything, Robert. So I've spent a lot of time from a parent's point of view going as a stressed out, busy 
working parent, what is the information I need? Give it to me short, concise. Give me the things that I can try out. And that's what I put together. Yeah. So pretty excited about it and looking forward to helping lots of parents and kids out there. And I'm excited for you. And I, I can see how this can be helpful if someone is looking to solve this problem. And when if you just read an article or watch a video, that only gets you so far. And you might not really have a step-by-step -step action plan. You might have just like a collection of ideas. And then you also mentioned that your kid might go to a counselor, but then you that you're not really in as a team with them and they're doing that on their own. And what do you do between sessions? So I can see how this kind of step-by-step -step program can help with the little activities, with the little exercises, and just get your kid uh, kind of making this consistent progress and not ignoring the problem and solving the problem and just getting to the finish line, which is their confidence restored and having these techniques that can be reused in the future. So that way, when bullying does happen again, it's just not a big deal. And it's just something that they've seen before and they can just deal with it again. And so if someone wants to check out this program of yours, where do they go? What's the website? All right. So in the process of developing the website, so we will get that out pretty soon. But if anybody wants to email me, they can email info at youthempowered.com.au. Or alternatively, if they'd like to book a call with me, they can just go chat to Michelle. So chat to Michelle is Michelle with one L. Yeah. And then as soon as we've got a website and whatever, Robert, we are in the process of developing that. So we will get that up and running as soon as we can. Fantastic. You're on the cutting edge. You're always creating new things. And so we said that website, the email is info at youthempowered.com.au. And then the website to book the Zoom call is chat2michelle.com with one L, as you said, C-H-A-T-O. M-I-C-H-E-L-E.com, chat2michelle.com. And when, as we're wrapping up this conversation here, Michelle, it's always nice and, and fun to put you on the spot a little bit and ask you about your favorite quote or lesson or moral or just something that has really helped you and can help us. Does anything come to mind as far as a small, quick soundbite, quote, lesson, or moral? Oh, okay. There's so many. I would say focus on today and live each day to the fullest. And the most simplest thing is to try and be happy and just be grateful. I think gratitude is an important thing. I learned to, a tool and this is key to teach our kids. And we do it with my kids around the dinner table as we go, what is gratitude? And let's name three things we're grateful for today. So grateful for food on the table, grateful for my children and grateful for the air that we breathe. So, yeah, I think if we can focus on gratitude, probably the most powerful lesson in life, right? To be grateful for everything and live for today. Yes. Live it live like it's your last day. <laughs> there we go. So as we are living for today and we are seeing the positive in things and we are being grateful, it is time to go now to chat2michelle.com and book that call and have that conversation and talk about your bullying situation with Michelle and figure out what can be done and how Michelle can help with her training, with her programs, with her techniques. And we will see you there. So chat to Michelle is the next place to go as we are thinking about today and being grateful. And thank you very much, Michelle, for being here and sharing your story and giving us some great ideas and next steps. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, let's see if we can, I just want to help one parent and one child 
a day because when they're feeling not powered, not empowered or not confident and just feeling sad and hurting, I think that's a really sad place to be. So we just want to help those little souls be happy again. And yeah, that's my mission and vision. <laughs>